Amen. This evening, I'll be speaking on leveraging for success. Leveraging for success. If you have your Bibles, turn quickly to Proverbs chapter 27. I'll be reading from verse 17. Are you there? It says, iron sharpened iron, so a man sharpened what? So a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. The, the New Living, the New International Version says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person shall do what? Sharpen another. Amen. So, success tonight, very quickly. Success, simply put, is the achievement of what goals and objective. Success is the achievement of goals and objectives. Now, leverage is an extension of the word lever. Lever, something that is used to apply force. The, the dictionary explains leverage as the organization needed to push key resources. Amen? And so, what does it mean for someone to leverage? It means the ability to influence situations or people so you can have control over what happens. So, having control for success... Preparing yourself for success is vitally important. Now, when you look at, for those who drive, there is this thing in the car, very important tool, though very undermined. It's called the jack. How many of you have heard of that word, the jack? Now, it looks very small, but it's very strong. If your car happens to have a flat tire or something is wrong with the tires, you can't use any other thing to lift it up except what? The jack. But for that jack to function, it needs a lever to push the force. And so when the car is to be lifted, the jack is applied to lift the car off the ground. Now in that jack is a small element called the lever to push, to raise up, to lift up the jack. Though so small, yet very important. Though so little, it has the capacity to lift up that entire combination of materials called the car. Amen? So leveraging for success is simply using resources available to one's life as a lift in achieving one's goals. I'll take that again if you want to write it down. Leveraging for success is simply using resources available to give one's life a lift and achieve one's goals in life. So quickly, I'll show you ways to leverage for success. Now what did I say leveraging is? Exactly. So now I'll show you some ways to leverage for success. Number one, 
the successes of other people. The successes of other people have this understanding that every great person has a secret code or a secret of success. Every great person has a secret for success. How many of you here, you love Coca-Cola? Don't lie. You like the drink called Coca-Cola, not the company now. You like that drink called Coke. How many of you like Pepsi? <laughs> Just one person. So, if you have before you a bottle of Coke and a bottle of Pepsi, which would you go for? Why? Because you like it. But don't forget, both of them are cola. They look the same, but there is a difference, a distinctive difference in their taste. For some reason, you would prefer to drink water if you don't find Coca-Cola instead of taking Pepsi. True or false? Why? Because there is the secret ingredient that they have put in there that makes you addicted and attracted to that bottle of Coke. Especially on a hot day. Somebody understand what I'm saying? So, there is always a story behind the glory. Every man who is successful today is or has a story behind their success. Name it. Facebook today, one of the biggest companies in the world. They have, oh sorry, it's no longer, it's Meta something, right? Metaverse, right? They have a story as to where they started, how they started, why they are doing what they are doing, why they are buying up other companies. There is a story. David became king, but before he came to the place of kingship, there was what? And so there is always a story behind the glory. The Bible talks about the queen of Sheba. She traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to stay in King Solomon's presence for six months just to learn from him. Let me shock you. She never went back. Yeah. She never remained the same because she, 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 she came in contact with so much greatness. She said, you know what, I need to go learn from this guy. I need to study him. And her life was never remained the same. Samson never remained the same the minute Delilah knew the secret of his strength. She kept on pestering him to know the secret of his strength. And so, a careful and successful observation and study of a successful person will open and reveal clues to you that can leverage or help to create your own success and achievement, not envy. I don't know if you heard what I just said. If you are envious of anybody who is successful, you will never, ever know the secret of their success. The truth is, many of them, their secrets are in plain sight, but you can't know it. 
because you're not seeing it. Amen. Another thing we can leverage from for success is the failures of other people. Let me tell you something about failure. How many of us like failure? Come on now, come on, come on. Just one person. I'll tell you why you don't like failure because it doesn't look good. True or false? How many of you came like 36 out of 37? You looked the dumbest, right? Yeah, everybody was laughing at you like, ah, this one. Mm, eh. But let me tell you something about failure. Failure is a great teacher. Because you only fail once. The next time you look out for what made you fail and correct it. Is somebody with me? And so, it is good to learn from the mistakes of others. But always better... No, let me take it again. It is good to learn from one's mistake, from your mistake. But it is better to learn from the mistakes of other people. Are you understanding me? When you fall, trying to jump over that puddle of water, the next time you see a puddle, the first image in your mind was you what? Falling. And so you, you slack back a bit to watch how somebody else in front of you will go through that puddle of water if they will fall or they will jump successfully. For some of us who are driving, we, we watch it. <laughs> if, if his car gets stuck, I'll, I'll turn around and just, hey. But if he goes through, I think I will take through the same route he did. Somebody understand what I'm saying? Now look at King David. He was a great king in Israel because he learned from the mistake. The reason why David was a good leader was because he learned from the mistake of Saul. He observed that this guy had no regard for God. Saul didn't take nobody's wife. Did he? Saul didn't kill nobody. By all standards, Saul looked the good guy. Should look the good guy. Right? David took someone's wife. Killed the person. That was murder. And forceful collection of um, property. You know? But God said he's still a man after his own heart. And here's Saul who didn't take nobody's wife, he didn't kill nobody. The only thing he did was that he disregarded the office of the priest. And God said, my spirit cannot dwell in you. Oh, so it hits me hard. Sometimes the things we judge as evil and the people we condemn are really not condemned. So this is David. The minute Nathan comes, he says, Dave, your majesty, oh, my prophet, my man of God, how are you, sir? He says, fine. You know, um, there's this thing I need to tell you. There was this man. He, he, he's rich. He had heard of flocks, you know. But he had a guest in his house. And um, he decided not to 
kill any of his cattle for the guest. But instead, he went to the house of the poor man and then he took the one cattle that this poor man had and slaughtered it and prepared a feast for his guest. And David was furious. Who on earth is this man? He is wicked. He needs to be dealt with. And the prophet will say to him, you are the man. The Bible says immediately, David fell on his face. David, yes, he was a murderer. He was a forceful guy, but he was quick to realize that God, I am sorry for the wrong I have done. Meanwhile, Saul would go into the role of the priest, perform priestly assignment, and still say, I, I did it because you didn't come early. Justifying his wrong. But David was quick to apologize for his wrong. And so irrespective of how or what David did, God still forgave him and preserved his throne. Mind you, Saul had not died when God... Uh, Saul had not died when God ordained another king. In the same kingdom. You know what that means? The glory was taken from him and given to another even while he was still alive. Even while he had a throne. Even while he was called king. He was a king with a throne without glory. So that is why Saul in his glory days will chase witches and sorcerers and wizards out of Israel but when he lost the glory he still had the crown but he will go consult with those same witches he sent out I pray for you you won't lose your glory say a better amen, amen. and so when Absalom got up against David David did not hate on him he didn't say oh my you want to you want to take my throne before I die you will know I'm your father guess what Absalom died a painful death. He died a painful death. When Absalom began to speak as though he became king, wanting to overthrow, if he overthrew his father, you notice something, David did not argue that throne with him. He stepped aside. What Absalom failed to realize that the throne was not by you climbing up to that seat. It was about him anointing you. That was why Absalom died. He, he, the Bible says he was stuck. His neck was stuck between two trees. And one of the men in, in David's army saw him and said, you, who intend to kill your father? And that was where they killed Absalom. But Saul noticed that David become more, became more popular than him. He said, no, I got to kill David. Simply put, don't fight the battle that is not your own. If you have the anointing of God upon your life, instead of wasting your time to fight a battle, spend more time preserving that anointing. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And let God fight your battles for you. Somebody say amen. 
And so, for David, for him to succeed, it was simply not repeating the mistakes of his... <laughs> There's something I wrote here, I'll say to you. Was simply not repeating the mistakes of his predecessor or his tormentor mentor. Because throughout his life, Saul was tormenting him. I play music for you to calm down, you want to kill me. You hear I'm in a cave, you come there, you want to kill me, but you fall asleep. Tormenting him. Chasing him all over the place. Number three. You leverage on success from other people's credibility. What did I say? So now our case study for this point, Onesimus, he was a slave of Philemon. He stole from Philemon and ran to Rome. And in Rome, he encountered the Apostle Paul. In Rome, he gave his life to Christ. Philemon was Paul's friend. And guess what Paul did? He requested that Philemon should take back Onesimus. He requested that he should take him back. Not as a slave this time, but as a brother in Christ. How many of you would do that? Sincerely, sincerely, sincerely. How many of you would do that? One person. Would you do that? He stole from you. He stole from you. But now Rev is saying, Roya, don't worry. Take him back. But this time, not as a slave, but as your fellow brother in Christ. How many of you will do that? Be real. I know you say we're, we're a man of God. In as much as I'm forgiving him, I can't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But guess what Paul did? Paul offered to pay back every debt that Onesimus owed. Every money that was stolen, he offered to pay it back. And guess what he did? He even called Onesimus his son. How many of you will try that? He said, no, I don't feel called I'm a Pekino. This one where you go tea for my friends, so me not come tea from me. Huh? How many of you will do that sincerely? So what was Paul leveraging on? His credibility. That yes, in as much as you don't want to take him back, my credibility is on the line. My integrity is on the line. What was the saving grace of Onesimus? The credibility of the Apostle Paul. And so you can leverage on success from the credibility of others. You know, when people apply for a job, there's this one thing they always tell them to include on their CVs. What is that? Huh? Referees. Why? 
Huh? Because the referee you have has a way of speaking for you. So if on your CV, uh, give me one name of a criminal. Do you know Anini? He was so quick. Do you know Anini? You've read his story. You've heard about him. So, so now imagine if on your, your CV, you have Anini as one of your referees. But you have a first class from University of Benin. You have a master's degree from Harvard. You have a PhD from Yale. Your, your referees, they say, bring three referees. The first one is Anini. The second one is Yamu. The, the, the third one is Evans. But you're smart. In fact, you're a Bible-believing, tongue-speaking Christian. Do you know you're qualified for the job? Do you know that? <laughs> Why did you laugh like that? <laughs> you're qualified for the job, but you're disqualified by your referees. But just imagine, you have a third class. But you're a referee. In fact, you don't even have a master's degree. How much more a PhD? You just have a third class, like a third class. It's just a third class, like a third class. Third class. Yeah, third class. Yeah, yeah. But your referee is Tony Elumelu. Your second referee is Aliko Dangote. Your third referee is Peter Obi. Do you know that many times when they check your CV, they are actually not looking at the top. They are looking for the bottom. Let me just let you know that. Who sent you? Who do you know? Who are you connected to? What are you connected to? Where are you coming from? Remember, I, I think it was two Sundays ago that I said, do you know that there are some business cards? They will just, the business card will speak. You don't hear it. You don't hear it. Can I get a card? Can I get a card? You know? Yes, sir. I'm from. Just give give me any card there. I'm from. Yeah. They look at you. They say, "Hmm. Wow. Ah. Huh. Just a minute. Hello, sir. There's this young man from. Uh, he, he sent a card. Are you? Okay, sir. All right, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will. I will. I appreciate you. Thank you. The next thing you hear is, oh, no problem. When do you want to resume? Do you want to start now? The next thing they are calling on the intercom, uh, prepare an office for uh, he sent from. Uh, this. So the credibility of others matter a lot in your life. The credibility of others matter a lot in your life. Don't think you can live your life anyhow and do whatever you like. Someone is going to leverage on that credibility later. God should have destroyed Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he told Abraham, he said, go and remove him from there first before I get there. I'm coming. Go and remove him. If God was to go by Lot, then he had no credibility. He had no credibility. His children had no credibility. If they did, 
They wouldn't have taken their father and said, man, their dad was looking sexy in their eye. They said, you know what, let's sleep with him so we can have children. Are you understanding me? It was the credibility of Abraham that helped Lot. It was the faith and credibility of Abraham. He's standing with God. That was why Sarah could have a child. Because the Bible says he did not consider the deadness of his own body. But Sarah laughed. Say how? How is it possible? I will have a child. 90 years. 90 years old woman. Have a child. How? When? Somebody shout amen. amen. And so, the better your reference, the better the chances of you getting the job. I just dropped that on you. So, when you're writing your CV, you better have reasonable references. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, I didn't say you should call me Amen. Another way to leverage on success is other people's resources or finances or money. <sighs> I hope I can explain this well. In civilized nations, and I pray that one day Nigeria will get there. Amen. Amen. There is something called good credit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What did I say? Good credit. I remember one time I wanted to buy a car. And I walked to the car stand. I saw a car that I liked. And I told the lady, I said, hey, I, I like this car. I want to get it. And she said, oh, this is the price. And I said, okay, can I make payment with cash? And she said, no. I was like, but I have the money for the car. Why are you saying no? Because she said, I have to check your credit first. I have to check your record first. So in civilized nations, I'll tell you, the reason why they can't afford, if an iPhone 14 comes out today, they can get it today, is because their credit score is healthy, is good. That is why I laugh when many of you you want to compete with people in civilized nations, civilized countries. You say, ah, he bought uh, GLE for eh? that car cost how much? 22 million. Eh? Just bought it. Let's assume it's, it's about 25 million. You in Nigeria, that your Naira is equivalent to 600 and uh, no, as at now, right now, as we speak, is six, is 627. Now, as we speak, check it. You are killing yourself. Oh, hi, small boy. He they he de drive big motto. Hey, check his credit. Some of you may eventually travel out of this country, settle in civilized nations. Don't go thinking, you know, the, the first time. I went to the to the mall. JJC now, Jolly just come. So I, I thought I was going to Obama Market. You know? It, it's just like when you are going to many of you may not know exclusive. Yeah, if you know exclusive, you are you are an old timer. Yeah. Exclusive and Leventis. Yeah, yeah. Some of you it's only market square, you know, and shop right. <laughs> so so I, I just walk in there, take my cart, and I'm excited. I pick a whole lot of stuff because hey, we just come. 
come in the cold season, we need to buy some jacket. And, you know, so, so, I'm about to pay, and I just dip my hand in my pocket and bring out a wad of cash. I'm like, the lady was like, whoa. I was like, hey, is there a problem? You notice my accent changed, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got to change, you know? You have to switch. I'm like, yeah, is there a problem? She's like, oh, no, 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 no. But um, where are you from? I was like, where am I from? In my mind, I thought I was being racially profiled because it was a white lady talking to me. I thought I was being racially profiled, but I said, I'm from Nigeria. She was like, oh, okay, now I see. But it hit me that even the richest American won't go with a wad of cash to go buy stuff. Give me that card again. They will go with their credit card. Why? Because they want to build good credit. So you see a young man like Ken, he say, hey, I just, I just did a down payment on my house. He made a down payment. They start building the house. Does not mean he's paying the money for that house immediately. So you are killing yourself. You know, see the house we can get for America. Why me day here at the soft? Things are not working well. Later, Rev, we say all things are working for your good. You know, see care. You know, see care. Which they can't travel, you only live the pink. You know, see care. Problem. 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 I'm praying for this country that this country will rise. Somebody say it better. Amen. So, for example, Elisha. Do you know Elisha had a house? He didn't sleep on the streets. He was fed on credit. How many of you know that? He was fed on credit. Remember the, the widow woman who had two sons and they said, you know what, madam, today, eh, today, all the debts that your husband paid, you will pay it today. I don't have money to pay and you will pay with your children. And the Bible says she was, she, was, she was sore. But she came to a place of encounter with the prophet and he would tell her, go and borrow what? empty vessels. Go and borrow empty vessels. Go and create good credit. Some of you, you are creating bad credit. That's why nobody wants to give you anything. You borrow today, you say, I'll give you look, look. two weeks. Max. Two weeks. Six months. Say, my brother, things are tough. You are in this country with us now. Say, go and borrow vessels. The Bible says, and she began to pour into those vessels, and until the last, then the oil stayed. Now, if she sold from those vessels she borrowed, will she be able to pay her the debt? 
Huh? Huh? She won't be. Don't engage yourself in bad debts. When you know there is nothing coming from anywhere, you make promise. You say, look, how much is it? 200,000. Within three weeks. But you know that within four months, you won't get that 200. But yet, because of greed, you say, no, come on, give it to me. Give me. You know, that, 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 that's, what, that's what killed a lot of people in MMM. You know? Say you put 200,000, you get to million. You think of it now. Which company pays with interest rate like that? You know, some people were so stupid. Contribution money. <laughs> people do contribution and give to you, you take it. Say, put it, put it, put it, put it. Put it in. You know, pay this person. Immediately they put it, the key broke. The, key, the, the thing did not open again. Every my chest. Every my heart is pain. Why is your heart paining you? People's money, I went to invest. Invest in what? MMM. Tell the person sitting by you, say, be very wise. You leverage on success on other people's anointing and grace. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. Let's go there quickly. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? Because of what? Understand this. That the anointing on a man of God can be leveraged for success. If you believe in it, if you believe in it, it will work for you. The, the, the widow of Zarephath was in hunger and starvation and hopelessness, but she leveraged on the anointing of Elijah and she got out of it. She leveraged on the anointing on the life of Elijah and she got out of it. The widow whose sons were to be taken became an oil merchant because she leveraged on the anointing on the life of Elisha. Child of God, what are you leveraging on? What are you leveraging on? The Gentiles in the days of Paul became believers as a result of leveraging on the anointing and the grace of God on the life of Paul. And so in, in this day, there are several vessels that God has marked, God has endowed with his anointing to lift people out of burdens, to break the yoke. He says, it shall come to pass in that day 
that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders. And the yoke off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. In this day, there is an anointing that will work for you if you can leverage on it. And that is why personally, I believe in, my, in, in our Papa so much. 50 years of ministry. Oh, that's not a small deal. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Second Chronicles 20 verse 20. If you open it quickly, I want you to read it out. Second Chronicles 20 20. It says, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now let's read the, the next line together quickly, as loud as possible. One, two, go. Do I need to explain that? Do I need to explain it? The centurion had a servant who was at home, sick, dying. But he had a master who was willing to leverage on the anointing on the life of Christ and said, look, 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 you don't need to come to my house. I know that if you speak the word, my servant will be made whole. He leveraged on the anointing in the on the life of Christ to get healing for his servant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The woman with the issue of blood leveraged on the anointing on the life of Christ and said, if only I can touch the helm of his garment, I know I will be made whole. You want to succeed? Okay, not this side. No, 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 I'm done with you. You want to succeed? What are you leveraging on? Have you learned from the mistake of others? Have you decided to walk on the credibility of others? Have you decided, let me be connected to those with credible stands, credible lifestyles? Show me your friend and I will do what? How many of you are proud of the people you call your friends? Say, he's my real guy, but he cannot stand for you. Somebody talk to me. Sazi. Sazi is like, Essie, can you stand for me? No, but it's the truth. What are you leveraging on? Believe in the Lord your God. You shall be established. No doubt about it. But until you believe his prophets, then you shall prosper. pray for you this evening that your eyes be open and that God reveal to your mind insights, connections, networks that will bring you to the place of success in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that God bring you to the lifters of destiny that he has positioned in your life to bring you to a place of fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Stand on your feet this evening.
A lot of us, we, we're so quick to dismiss our helpers. You know why? Because they don't look like helpers. The Bible talks about David. When David's throne was ransacked, he went to war. And his throne, his kingdom was ransacked. His wives and children taken as slaves. Properties destroyed. He inquired of God. God told him, go, pursue them, overtake them, recover all. And as he heeded to that instruction, he came across a servant who was lifeless, hopeless, hungry. He recognized that this guy has been with the enemy. He had every opportunity to kill him because he was angry. But David would say, give him food. He didn't make any sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It made no sense. But the Bible says, after that guy ate and his spirit came back to him. May you not say hunger that will make your spirit run from you. Or oh, that amen should be better. He said, after he ate and his spirit came back to him, he didn't die, oh. He didn't die. That means his spirit also left to go and look for something to eat. It was that same guy that told David, this is the plan of the people that came to your kingdom. This is where they are going. This is where you will find them. If David was quick to act impulsively. The problem we have, many of us, we act with impulse. Back, break, back, go, bang. Everywhere does scatter. He have to calm down to say I know. But the damage has already been done. Are you understanding me? The man did not look a helper. But he was quick to recognize. Even though he's at the point of death, I won't be the one to kill him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Abraham saw three men walking to his tent under the sun. He didn't know them. He had never met them. But the minute they came close to his tent, he received them. He washed their feet. Some of you pride will not allow you to see front. He washed their feet. He said, in my own house, me, me, I should wash plate for you. Don't they even do it like this? The size like this. A whole me. But Abraham washed their feet, fed them. After they, there's something with hunger, after they had eaten, they began to talk. Do you know how many people? <laughs> Even Jesus said on the last day, he said, Some of you will be shocked. I was in prison. You didn't feed me. You didn't help me. You didn't clothe me. Ah, when did I say when I was hungry? So, meaning there are a lot of helpers around you that are hungry. They're actually your helpers, but they're waiting for you to feed them before they will talk. But you look at them, and that hunger will kill you there. That hunger will kill you. I pray for you. May your eyes be open to locate your helpers. May your eyes be open to recognize those God has planted in your life to help you. 
you're going to pray, Lord, give me grace to recognize those you have sent to help me. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Lazarus came back to life because Jesus remembered. Now in house, I they always go chop. He said, this one cannot die. Dorcas came back to life because of her good deed. Lord, help me to recognize my helpers. Pray that prayer. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Pray that prayer. Help me, Lord. Help me to recognize those who you have sent to me to lift me to my place of fulfillment. Help me, O oh God. Help me, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we lift our hands to you and we thank you for exposing our minds to this word today. Help us, oh God, to recognize quickly those whom you have positioned in our lives to bless us. Those whom you have positioned in our lives to be destiny helpers. Those whom you have sent to us, God, to bring us to the place of fulfillment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap those hands and give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. This Friday is what? Oh, my God. This Friday is what? It is rejuvenate service. It is our consecration service. And we'll be praying and fasting on Friday. Now, this last Friday, we prayed concerning divine favor. By the grace of God and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, this Friday we'll be praying for divine breakthrough. Prayers for divine breakthrough. Having received favor, it's time to... You are not here. It is time to do what? And so get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Amen. Take out an offering this evening. If you're doing a transfer, the account numbers will be displayed on the screen. And those watching online will celebrate you. Please celebrate our online worshipers this evening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us day in, day out. Come rain, come shine, you're always there. Amen. Lift up your offering to God this evening, Father. Bless the giving of your children. Cause it to increase on every side. We walk in overflow. We walk in blessing. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Get those offering with rejoicing in your heart. As the praise team lead us in praise. 